Hey, it's your Kali. What's up? Warning, 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 warning. You are about to listen to facts, stories, interviews, gossip, and much more fascinating things that will be so stunning, there's a possibility that your mind will blow. This show will start five, four, three, two, one. Hey, what's up, everybody? You're listening to WLPN LP Chicago, 105.5 FM Lumpen Radio, currently broadcasting live from Studio Y, Yolo Kali, in Little Village. My name is Emmanuel. My name is Zipporah. And we're your amazing host for today's show called The Portraits of a Little Village. So in our class, Your Story, Your Way, over the summer, we had a project where we went all over Little Village in the community and interviewed all sorts of amazing people, civilians, workers, and just many different people from the community to find all the um, different types of people there are in our community. So that's going to be the topic for today's show. Um, and if you want to hear all of uh, the interviews that we did, they're going to be on SoundCloud at Yolo Kali. And today we're just playing a few of them. But now you're going to hear an audio piece about Little Village. Have you been in Little Village or La Villita? What comes to your mind when you hear the name Little Village? When I tell people I'm from Little Village, they automatically say, where is that at? And I've never been there. My neighborhood is Little Village. I grew up in Little Village since I was six years old. And this neighborhood has been my home ever since. The first thing that comes into my mind is birds singing and sprinklers watering the garden. But let me tell you why. A common day walking in a little village is usually filled with excitement. From children running and playing in their huge backyards, to neighbors sitting in the front of their stairs talking to each other, to the moms in the backyard watering plants to keep their gardens green and fresh. You also constantly hear the bell of the ice cream cart or paletero passing street by street. The park is a habit for families, especially on Sundays, which can be the busiest day in Little Village because that's the day when the whole family can enjoy a day together since parents work six days out of the week. They all go together to have a good time, playing tag, swinging, playing soccer, sitting on the grass, and eating elotes from street vendors. Little Village is a very unique place, located in the heart of the south side of Chicago. A bridge on 31st Street and Coster divides Little Village from the suburb of Cicero. Crossing the bridge from Cicero, one encounters Little Village Londo High School. And then 
Petrovsky Park on 31st Street and La Villita Park on 28th Street and Sacramento. By the Northwest Perimeter of Costner and 28th Street is another educational institution, Emiliano Zapata Elementary School. Walking north from Zapata, there is the smell of pizza dough from local pizzeria, Celis Pizza. Once you hit 26th Street, there is the clean, fresh, aromatic, suavizante smell from the laundromat. The major and most popular street in Little Village is 26th Street. Running east to Western Avenue is the second highest grossing business district in Chicago. Twenty-sixth Street. Walking all the way down Twenty-sixth Street, it is easy to find all types of delicious Mexican food: taquerias, panaderias, candy shops, paleterias, quinceañera shops, and its most embracing symbol, the Ark, that says, "Bienvenidos a Little Village." Welcome to Little Village. La Calle 26th Street is the equator of Little Village as it is surrounded by family-style houses that cuddle a community. The borderline on the south is 33rd Street. Meanwhile, the north is guarded by Ogden Avenue. So, I don't know about you guys, but just by hearing that, I'm basically in love with Little Village. That was so beautiful. It was really nice. But just in case you don't know, that was just a fragment of an audio piece by one of our members, Jennifer Galan. And the title is A Bright Future of Little Village. If you guys want to listen to the rest of it, you guys can go on Yolo Kali's Tumblr and look up the that title or um, our SoundCloud. And now we're going to listen to a song by Redundant, and it's a cover of the song Bullet With a Butterfly. Hopefully you enjoy, and we might have a special interview with the drummer after.
was the rat in the cage. Despite all my rage, I am still just a rat in a cage. And someone will say what is lost can never be saved. Despite all my rage, I am still just a rat in a cage. Welcome back, guys. You are listening to WLPN LP Chicago 105.5 FM, London Radio, broadcasting live from Studio Y, Yolo Kali, in Little Village. So you guys just listened to a cover of Bullet with Butterfly Wings by Redundant, a local band here in Little Village. Right here, we're here with um, their drummer. Can hi. you state your name? Um, hi, my name is Maria Cruz. Maria Cruz. We're so happy you're here. Um, so you're the drummer of the group? Yeah. How did you get into that? Um, actually, I was suggested by a friend. Um, they, One of my friends came up to me and told me if I was interested in drumming. And actually, since I was a young girl, I've been really wanting to learn how to drum and be in band and just start learning how to play songs. Yeah, that's so cool. So how did you get into the band? Um, honestly, there was. I thought there was going to be a really, like, this intense process but it wasn't it was mostly like i came up to the our teacher and he's like yeah we're looking for a drummer you're really interested are you dedicated i'm like yeah totally dedicated i would love to join yeah the band. that's so cool so just tell us a little bit about it um actually our band was kind of small mm-hmm. it was just mostly our guitarist based lyrics and drummer and that was about it it was just mostly us and just working together, it was pretty kind of slow. Yeah. But it brought us like together. We get, went on small uh, concerts. Yeah. We played in schools. We played at our school. Mm-hmm. And we really just to- chose our own songs of which to play, which one of us, one of the songs that we played was Bullet with Butterfly Wings by Smashing Pumpkins. Yeah. And it turned out well. It turned out really good. Yeah. Um, how do you guys feel knowing that you're a youth um, with, like, a local band in the community? Mm. Can you, like, say it enough? Um, well, like, do, do you guys feel, like, good, like, knowing that you guys are, like, young people doing things to, like, help the community be more positive? Yeah, um, since we are kind of young, we're still teenagers, we're still, like, going out there into the world and showing, like, all these much younger people, like, there are different ways to express yourself. Yeah. Through music, through art, through any other way that you can find is really great because you can just um, show it to other people and they just express yourself in any way that you can. That is really cool. Do you think that your band is going to expand? 
Um, it did actually. This year, when we first started, um, we couldn't find a music teacher. Our old music teacher unfortunately left, Aww. but he he's doing what he wants and he's really happy. Um, but we found a new music teacher and we started our own band again. Some of our old members left. They're yeah. doing their own thing now, but there are new bands. I am still the drummer. Mm-hmm. Um, we still have the same guitarist, different vocalist, but still meeting new people is really great and learning how to work with them and build with them to create a new song or just do another cover was, was really great. So I'm guessing you guys have a strong connection with each other? Yeah, we've mostly been fooling around, but when it comes down to it, we do really work hard to yeah. learn the songs. Um, do you guys think that what you guys is doing is influencing the community to do like better things in the future? Mm, I think in a way, yeah. Because we are like expressing ourselves. So we really love our music and the type of music that we do. So I'm hoping that younger people or the youth of this community can learn from what we did and express their way or who they are in music or whatever they would like to do. That is really cool. I hope that... You know, you guys just keep growing and just keep going out there because you guys are doing some really good stuff. Thank you yeah, for thank being here. Yeah, thank you. So um, now you guys are going to listen to our first interview from Little Village, and it's an interview with somebody named Derek. Hopefully you enjoy. Uh, my name is Derek Merritt. Uh, I work for the United States Postal Service. I'm a driver safety instructor. Um, so what are you doing here today? Uh, I'm here on behalf of my daughter. Mind going into more detail? Uh, she's uh, going to court right now. Um, she got arrested, allegedly uh, uh, some drugs. Uh, I think that uh, for the small amount of drugs that she had on, it should be dismissed because I think that marijuana is legal in a few states. I think it should go ahead and legalize it and stop locking up. Uh, you know, a lot of the young youth for the use of marijuana. Um, what do you think is one of the biggest problems going around in our community or in Chicago? Uh, I think a lack of uh, jobs and opportunity for youth. Uh, I think that there's enough uh, money in Chicago with all the taxes that we pay that they can have jobs, uh, provide some type of uh, jobs for the youth out of school training for them to do something positive when they're out of school. I think we need to stop this thing that we can't, uh, you know, turn someone in. Uh, We can't snitch or tell on someone. I think that that's uh, one of the dumbest things I've ever heard of. I'm not from Chicago, I'm from St. Louis. So I think it's one of the dumbest things I've ever heard of. Uh, In a way, it's a a big uh, metropolitan area, but we have some of the similar same things. I think uh, a lot of minorities are, uh, uh, deprived of certain uh, situations and given uh, bails that they can't make because they don't have money for uh, what I consider to be low-budget crimes. Um, do you think that your daughter would be um, in the situation that she was in if she wasn't a minority? Uh, I don't... It's hard to say. Uh, I think just being in the uh, the south side in the lower poverty area in Inglewood period is a, a situation in itself that presents itself with uh, a lot of different challenges. Police enforcement. Uh, 
there, there's definitely a difference uh, because I was in the military for nine years, so uh, and, I, and I've been in a lot of different states and a lot of neighborhoods. I think the police force that's used in the uh, African American or Latino neighborhood is a lot more forceful than in a uh, predominantly uh, Caucasian neighborhood. Uh, I've seen uh, where they use tasers on uh, young white men and in clubs on young black men and uh, Latinos. So I think there's a big difference there, a big discrepancy. I think that there's uh, Chicago has, has always been known as a uh, one of the uh, cities where the police department has a lot of. Uh, uh, I don't want to say you got good cops and bad cops. I just think that. Uh, if they clean it up a little bit, I think the police can be a positive force in the neighborhood. I think uh, if they interact more, more, more police is on patrol instead of driving down the street. And if you're going to arrest me for being on my cell phone, then I think you need to start with yourself first. Hey guys, we're back after that interview. Hopefully you enjoyed it. And I think that this interview had um, a really deep um not message, but like it was talking about a really deep, deep thing, which is drugs in the community. Um, Zippy, what do you think about that? Yeah. So um, when we were doing this interview, we went outside of the courthouse in Little Village. I think that's Cook County. Yeah, it was a Cook County um, like courthouse. Yeah. Um, so he was just coming out and we were like, hey, can we interview you? And like it ended up being like a lot more interesting than I initially thought it was going to be. So if you didn't like get the message he was he's not from chicago but his daughter lives in chicago and she got arrested for um possession of marijuana and he was just coming to support her and he was kind of just talking about how he doesn't think it's fair he doesn't think it's right um maybe it should be legal which is you know very controversial yeah it's a really big issue these days whether it should be legal whether it shouldn't um and when we were interviewing him i was kind of thinking that he um that like his that where he was standing was it got this far and this bad because she was a minority. Yeah. But then when I asked him about it, he wasn't like, I don't know, really that open about admitting that that's where he stood. So I'm not sure, but we have what we have. Yeah. And it, it, what he was talking reminded me a lot of like, you know, those commercials where they talk about how like alcohol and tobacco and drugs are like, um really pushed into like ethnic communities yeah definitely like it talked a lot about that which was a big problem it's a big problem i definitely do think it's a problem um but yeah we're gonna go on to our next interview with jonathan my name is josh and i am 28 years old i i currently go on the streets of chicago and i share the gospel full-time i'm a full-time evangelist and what I do is I go up to people and ask them if they need prayer, and I just show them love of Christ full time on the streets of Chicago. So I am 28 now. So when I was 18, so uh, about 10 years I've been a believer, and I've been growing more and more each year. And God has just been teaching me so much and filling me up with peace and really just showing my identity. You know, a lot of people don't realize it, but we all carry treasure chests inside of us. And if we never allow the gifts to flow, we never know our identity and we never know who we really are. And so God has showed me what gifts I carry and he has showed me my p- potential. And so that's that's how I know, you know, to keep walking in my faith. Um, so I, I hated God my whole life all the way up until I was 18 years old. And I had a dream that I went to hell. 
and the fear of hell just really shook me and no one ever really showed me grace and no one really showed me hope and so I just want to just because of the love of Christ I want to show the world hope I want to show them peace I want to show them hey if you think nobody cares about you there's a God that cares about you and the love of Jesus is so real you know if people would just allow the love of Jesus into their hearts they could see the real thing so it's the love of Christ that keeps me going and it just his hope and his peace and when you allow God to come in your life man he he does so many great things and so that's what keeps me going and that's my spark is the love of Christ um, one of the greatest struggles is as I go out here on the street it's a battle so the spirit world is very real a lot of people don't believe in that but as we come out here and minister and share the love of Christ the enemy is not happy and so the enemy will go after our own lives and our own families and so it's a battle to keep going on the streets and sharing the love of Christ but that doesn't put us down but it's a real battle because we have to fight the good fight we have to fight for these people you know to, to pray for them we it's a real battle so we have to constantly just battle with the enemy for these people so that's one of the greatest things and another thing is, is getting people to come out and share the love of Christ. A lot of people are so scared of our own people and that's it's so hard to do that and it can be discouraging sometimes to get people to come out and share the love of Christ. So I would say that's one of the hardest things. A lot of times uh, I would say about 50% of the time people will say yes and so they open up and they begin to share their hearts but then other times uh, people they're very busy they're caught up you know in their own world and so they don't want any prayer but they'll tell me thank you you know thank you for caring and god bless you so i believe that the fear of man what, what that means i believe that people are scared of, of our own people and so i am not scared of people god is my identity so through praying and through spending time in the word I just seek the Lord and I ask him to give me the strength. I don't care about rejection. I don't care if people put me down because it's the love of Christ that keeps me going. And so the love of Christ is what gives me the power and the strength to keep going. I have people that reject me all the time, but I continue to do it because I'm doing it for Christ and I'm not doing it for man and I'm not doing it for myself. So Christ is what keeps me going. Chicago is a city that is hurting. And Chicago is desperate to see the love of Christ in action. And so I believe that God has called me to demonstrate his love and to show hope to Chicago because there's so much violence. And I want to show that there is hope and that there is freedom for Chicago. So that's why I do what I do. The biggest problem is we can't even work together. Unity is not in Chicago. And without unity, you can't work together. You have to have unity. And unity is a huge key. We need unity in the government. We need unity in the churches. We need unity in the people and the police officers. We all have to come together. And if there is no unity, a city can't work together. It's where there's so much division in Chicago and everybody's competing against each other. And it's time to come together. Once we come together and bring unity, Chicago will heal. All right, thank you for your time. Thank you. Thank you. So Lord, I just thank you. Hello, everybody. We're back. And you just listened to an interview by Jonathan, who was uh, a prayer giver in front of um, Cook County. Yeah, courthouse. the Cook County Courthouse for like people who, I guess, like just got out of jail. And I think that this talked a lot of um, 
hit Jonathan, he talked a lot about how, like, in a community where there's so much violence and destruction and anger that, like, some people in the community get through it with, like, religion and they use that as, like, a way to get through yeah definitely um because when we were there like i saw like a lot of people that were kind of like rejecting him and like saying like no you know like i don't want it but there was also a lot of people that were stopping and being like yes we need this prayer we need support we need someone just there for us even if it's just someone holding your hand and just showing that they care in like any sort of way you know that's what his purpose was his purpose was to give hope to people and i think that that's so important and so crucial in like this day and age and especially going like outside outside of a courthouse where you know like some people really may need it you know so i think that it's really really great what he's doing yeah um we'll be back with some more interviews but now we're gonna take a quick break and be back with you guys so we are back and remember you are listening to WLPN LP Chicago, Chicago 105.5 FM Lumpen Radio broadcasting live from Studio Y Yolo Kali in Little Village. And remember our chat room is open. You can go to lumpenradio.com and the icon will be on the bottom right corner. Some people said some things in it. You want to read what it says in Well, somebody named Yoshi said that they used to be in the same band as Maria. That is so cool. That is really cool. And also, if you just want to go and just say one word of what Little Village means to you, that would be really cool. We'll give you a shout out and say what you said. So now we're going to go into an interview by somebody in the community named Mario Galindo, who's uh, a local dance teacher. I'm Mario Galindo and I have 55 years old. My job is a cocinero. I work for Chicago Public School. I'm a cocinero and... Cocino para 500 niños todos los días. En la comunidad de La Villita tenemos un programa que se llama Folclórico Xochitl, que es a donde les enseñamos todo lo que es nuestra cultura de México a través de la danza para 17 años. Ahorita tenemos como unos 50, 60 integrantes, de 6 años hasta 70. Desde México yo bailaba. Desde que tenía seis años, so, en la escuela donde yo estaba, cada año bailaba en todos los eventos como el 10 de mayo, Día de los Maestros, el cierre de escuela. Tuve otro grupo, pero lo dejé porque tuve que trabajar en, en la escuela, el after, uh, after School, y no pude seguir ese programa, pero una de las integrantes de mi grupo uh, se quedó con él. Were you in any professional groups sí. in Mexico? In a group called Ballet Folklorico de Amalia Hernández, hace 37, 38 años más o menos. ¿Y cómo te gustó ese, esa experiencia? Oh, es algo, es una experiencia muy bonita porque vas a diferentes lugares, conoces mucha gente. Um, y aparte de eso, pues también trabajé con un artista que se llama Susana Dos Amantes, la mamá de Paulina Rubio. Y estuve como bailarín con uno de los mejores um, coreógrafos que parece que ya murió en paz descanse, que se llamaba Milton Gio. So, un pajarito ahí me dijo, you know a lot of famous people. Oh, sí, hay más que yo conocí cuando trabajé por medio de ella. Eh, conocí muchos artistas que iban a su casa 
como Jorge Rivero, Andrés García, es algo positivo en donde uh, para que no tengan cosas en su mente malas que hacer y así ayudar a la comunidad porque quizás hay habemos muchos padres que no les uh, les decimos cosas de nuestra cultura de México y ellos lo aprenden a través de, de la danza y a través de todos los trajes regionales de cada estado por ejemplo tenemos Veracruz Jalisco, Sinaloa Tamaulipas pues son varias regiones que tenemos. De un estudiante a un estudiante que se llama Emanuel. Manuel Ramírez. Emanuel Ramírez. ¿Por real? Oh, ese es yeah. mi nombre. Es the best. Wow. Small world, bro. Sabe de todo a todo. Oh. Yo pienso porque a él le gusta todo lo que es relacionado con el, el, todo lo artístico y todo lo cultural. Como yo. Wow. 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 Impressive. Si puedes describir todo tu grupo de folclórico en una palabra, ¿qué sería esa palabra? Que mi grupo es excelente y magnífico. No, pero nomás una palabra. Oh, excelente. Excelente. Mi grupo es excelente. Y si tienes una palabra de cómo te sientes, ¿qué sería esa palabra? ¿Cómo me siento? Sí. Mi palabra sería que soy muy feliz y muy contento al obtener este, este grupo que tengo. Porque um, llevamos todo lo que nos gusta a todos y tratamos de hacer cada día lo mejor que se puede. Hey guys, we're back. Um, don't forget that you're listening to today's two-hour special, The Portraits of Little Village where we play a whole bunch of interviews of many diverse people that we found in Little Village to sum up Little Village. <laughs> if you want to hear all of the interviews, because we're just playing a few of them, you can go on Yolo Kali SoundCloud and um, it'll be right there under Portraits of Little Village. So we have about 24. So that should take up a whole day. Um, what you just listened to was an interview of um, a, sir, a man named Mario Galindo. Your step. Your your godfather. <laughs> I keep saying stuff. Bro, that's a secret. What you talking about? Um, wait, who? Margolinda, who? Um, and ju- if you guys um didn't n- understand what he was saying, he was talking about how um currently he's working at CPS Public Schools as uh, a cook there, and but I guess you could say like his side job or his like passion job or whatever is teaching a folkloric dance group called Bailet Folklorico Sochil. Um, he has it here in Little Village, and as you guys heard, I'm one of the members. And his, like, it, it was just so impressive what he was talking about because, um, like, he was talking about how he had, like, a passion ever since he was, like, a little boy. And he was in, like, a really big major group um, in Mexico called uh, Bailet Folclorico Amalia Hernandez, which is, like, a well known folkloric group in um, Mexico and even here in, like, um, I guess, like, the U.S. or, like, in Chicago. Like, it, they're known. Like, they they do come for, like, big performances. I've been before. They're really cool. And, like, how it's just, like, so cool to think that, like, any random pedestrian that walks past you could have, like... Like, you, you never know who's who, I guess you could say. Like, 
he could have walked past you as like a normal person but like he has like this whole dance group and he does so much cool things like he said like his youngest member well right now his youngest member is five years old and his oldest is 78 so it's like it's so cool to think that what do you think Zippy? yeah um so you are in this group right yeah what do you think of like the Mexican folkloric culture that he's teaching in the of community? Of course, I think it's really cool. I mean, you had to kind of translate it for me, of course. But um, yeah, I think it's really cool, like his message, what he's doing. He's doing a lot for the community. And I feel like with this interview, it's very, very direct, the good things that he's doing, because he's definitely, definitely impacting the community in a very, very great way. I've had the pleasure of meeting him. Um, and he's a really, really, really great person. Have you seen any of like um, any folkloric dance shows before? Yeah, I mean, what do you think you of perform. them? It's beautiful. Um, you've been you try to teach me some of the dances, and that's kind of fun. So yeah, it that seems was a like, whack experience. I regret it. Not come on, <laughs> I'm not that bad. Um, sure. It's really fun, and it's really great. Just like everything about like it the cult all the culture that goes into the dances because um i feel like when people think of folkloric dances they think of not stereotypical but like they think of the basic which is jalisco which is like um the man in like the mariachi suit and the woman in like the big colorful dress but like we um there's so many other regions that have so many styles of dancing exactly how many parts of the u.s have like different i guess styles i guess different like there is just there's so much diversity so over in mexico like there's veracruz sinaloa there's so many other um regions of dancing that have different costumes and steps and they're just i guess special in their own way yeah they definitely are special in their own so way. it's a it's a big fruit salad with a bunch of color <laughs> um so now we're gonna go into our next interview which um with somebody named um araceli muñoz and we found her in the little village discount mall Y creo que con el tiempo se ha hecho justicia de que sean la mayoría mexicanos o latinos, más bien que se oiga más bonito. ¿eh? <risa> eh, pero más que nada hay mexicanos ya dueños de negocios, alguno que otro que coreano todavía. <risa> uh, hace aproximadamente 15 años yo empecé a trabajar aquí o un poquito más. Eh, obviamente estuve como empleada. Um, ya después de un tiempo, mi hermano y yo, um, pues ya, um, agarramos este espacio pequeño. Está pequeño, pero le estamos echando muchas ganas. Gracias a Dios tenemos nuestro local, mi hermano y yo. Um, ahorita estaba acomodando para que comience el, el día para mí, porque como fui a la mercancía, pues tengo que acomodar. Ropa de hombre, um, más que nada vaquera y casual. Thank you. 
bueno, entre semana no tanto, pero fin de semana nos vienen de distintos hasta estados, podemos decir estados de otros estados, Nueva York, Los Ángeles, Texas, um, Iowa, uh, Wisconsin, um, Indiana, etcétera, y obviamente los suburbios de nosotros de aquí de Illinois. Hey guys, we're back. Don't forget that you're listening to WLPN LP Chicago, 105.5 FM Lumpen Radio, currently broadcasting live from Studio Y, Yolo Kali in Little Village. My name is Emmanuel Ramirez de Lara. My name is Zipporah Auta. <laughs> and we'll be your amazing hosts for today's show called The Portraits of Little Village. We're already almost one hour in. That's Woo! crazy. Hopefully you've gotten a taste of the different types of people that are here in our community. And... Um, what did you think about um, the lady at the mall? Can you that. help me out? Because this <laughs> one was also not in English. So just um, give us a little bit of what just, it was about. I guess she was just talking about like her, just like her sales, um, who she, what she does. It's just like, so you get to know a little bit of um, the lady at the local clothes store. <laughs> no, you know what this reminded me of? Do you know those movies like, um, like the barbershop or stuff like that? Where it's like a basic um, store or just business, but then it's more the people that make it special. Yeah, and like it's the like barbershop movies. Yeah, about? I mean like any. Shout any, out to Brenda for taking me to go watch the barbershop. <laughs> any, any, I mean like any movie that there was a business, but the business like reached out to the community and yeah. the business is kind of basic but it's the people and the workers yeah. that you know make it better and make that it also great. reminds me of the movie um i think it's we bought a zoo where like those people they like do you, do you know what movie i'm talking about yeah but i haven't watched it in uh-huh. like years yeah, that's a shame <laughs> well it's like this movie where these people like they buy this house and they think it's a normal house and they're like what this price is ridiculous and then they find out that like i guess like the backyard or whatever it's like this giant zoo that was closed and there's all these animals and stuff and so like it's like a clothes like a closed zoo in the community and like everybody like has good like all the adults have good memories of going to that zoo but it's closed and somehow there's still animals living there who knows how but um you know it's hollywood and like they i guess renovate the zoo and like make it better so it yeah it's just it does remind me of like the back the backstage yeah. it's like they're putting like flavor in the yeah. store that's kind they're of putting like flavor that's not there without no. them <laughs> but um remember that the chat room is open you can go to lumpen radio and the icon is in the bottom right corner um one word that yoshi describes um little village as is loud but in a good way brian said tacos food basically yeah, when I think of Little Village, I think of a lot of culture, a lot yeah. of loudness, a lot Just of like food. Just like liveliness. Yeah. And community. Mm-mm, 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 mm-mm. Okay. <laughs> and um, now, uh, oh, and also the little piano playing in the background was her little daughter. That made it so much better. Um, we had some live music in there. And um, now we're going to play our next interview with Father Don Nevins. So hopefully you enjoy. Stay tuned. Don Nevins. Uh, 68. So I'm a pastor here at St. Agnes William U Church. I've uh, been here nine years. 
Oh, it's a wonderful community. I love, I love her little village. Um, I was um, pastor in uh, in Pilsen, two different parishes, and I served in Pilsen probably about uh, six, twelve, nineteen, about twenty years in Pilsen uh, before I came here. And I've worked in our seminary system. And um, what I love about coming here was that it's very much a neighborhood. Um, you can kind of walk the streets and get to know people and um, opportunities to kind of see people that you see in church uh, in a much different um, setting when they're shopping or when they're walking the street or when they're out in front of their homes and things like that. Um, and um, so it's been, it's been wonderful. I really I love the neighborhood. And um, it's, I don't love the violence. Um, my one associate had, uh, had worked a lot for about the last five years with... Um, formed kind of a mentoring group for at-risk youth um, and uh, had done a lot of work with some of the other groups here in the neighborhood from Ceasefire and Lasse and working with um, um, kind of anti-violence types of programs um, and um, had, uh, and matter of fact, art was one of the things they were working with in the mentoring program with um, um, a lot of the at-risk uh, youth that are in junior high, so it would be uh, principals from some of the high schools in the neighborhood. Uh, if they were junior high kids, they would refer them here for our program. Um, and um, like I said, art was a part of their part of their program. So, um, well, I've had a lot of a lot of experience. I actually grew up out in the suburbs. I grew up out in Des Plaines, and so um, and my mom still lives out in Mount Prospect. Um, but when I was um, in the seminary and, and kind of felt like the, uh, I had a call to priesthood and that uh, God was calling me. And um, when I got to the major seminary, um, one of my friends had said that he was studying some Spanish and would I be interested. And so we started studying together and then started to get a little more involved in, in some of the communities, even up in Lake County at that time. There were some some Hispanic communities. and. And then when I was first ordained, I asked to be assigned to a, an Hispanic community. That was in, that was in Pilsen. That was my, my first assignment in Pilsen. And, um, and I just thought this is where God's calling me to be. This is what God's asking me to do. So uh, all my, my first response is always I was going to be shortstop for the Cubs. I was going to replace Ernie Banks. That was my, uh, that was my dream. Uh, probably I would have... Um, I'd actually thought of medicine at one point. Um, so in the medical field, maybe a doctor, maybe not, I don't know, but um, that was what I had kind of thought at one point. Um, and um, it, was, it was something I had, uh, it, it, was some, it would, would have been something that would have been kind of a, of service, um, kind of taking care of people some way, whether it was like physically or more spiritually, and um, kind of taking care of people's uh, uh, physical needs also, you know, um, those were the kind of things that would have been in, probably interested in doing. Oh, uh, some wonderful experiences and some not so wonderful experiences. So I was, um, you guys are probably too young to remember when St. Francis C.C. on Roosevelt Road was, um, it, they kind of called it the Mexican Cathedral and the um, uh, people used to come from all over to go to St. Francis C.C. there. Well, it was actually closed and merged with Holy Family for about a year and a half. And Cardinal Bernadine had asked me to kind of, because the people kept protesting about the closing and that they all, there's always a protest, but this went on for a year and a half. And so he finally asked me to do a little bit of an investigation. And, <clears throat> and so 
I kind of told him, I thought, I, I think it was really a bad decision. Um, it was the only parish serving all, serving all the masses in Spanish, had more people than all the other parishes in the Everett combined. There were some physical problems with the buildings, um, but um, uh, I, I really thought it was probably not a good decision. And he agreed with me. And so we reopened the parish, and he asked me to go as the pastor to reopen the parish. The problem was that people had been so angry for a year and a half that it took oh, a good three years, probably four years, to kind of win the people back. Um, and yet when I left, um, so I was there for 12 years. The first three or four years were very, very difficult. Um, but when I left, one of the guys who had been just to, uh, to have his stay, I said, uh, says, you were one of the ones who was protesting against my coming, and now you want to protest against my leaving. And he just kind of laughed and said, yeah, I guess that's true. I guess that's true. Things have gone pretty well. So, so it, was a, it was a wonderful experience in the long run, but there were some real tough times. Um, and then I think here we've had so many young deaths. I've been here nine years, and we've had a lot of young, young people being killed. And, um, and those are tragedies. Those are, you know, you just see the, the kind of um, fact that we're, you know, people who have hopes and dreams, it's all being shut down. But one of the things that came from that was this Padre Sanchez group that we have here in the parish. And they were formed by a couple of mothers who had lost children to violence. And what they do is every time there's someone who might be shot, a young person who is shot, not even necessarily killed, but they will go to the family, they will pray with them, talk to them, maybe relate a little bit of their experiences with them, and try to keep in contact with them so that they, so that they from their own experience, begin to offer a little healing, healing to these people. And it's, um, it's a wonderful group, and they, they just kind of did it themselves, and we've kind of helped them uh, along the line to get things started and to, even find a little bit of funding sometimes where they could, um, uh, so they can, you know, print things or have speakers and things like that. Um, but it really has been a wonderful, a wonderful thing to come out of the tragedy. So kind of seeing, you know, the blood of young people kind of growing into support for trying to mentoring and nurturing young people to, to not be involved in the violence in the community. What I think is religion. Religion is all based on our on our belief or or lack of belief in God, obviously. So, um, for me, you know, I listen to uh, Jesus and his teachings. And one of the things I say over and over in homilies is that you know the whole basis of what Jesus is saying is that love, love, love of God, love our neighbor as we love ourselves. And so we need to be responsible for the people around us. We need to be loving. We need to be trying to do what we can to not only improve our own lives, but if, if we love ourselves that way, that means we've got to be improving the lives of others as well, which means we have to be concerned. We have to be um, kind of taking some responsibility for making things better for the people around us too. So, um, I mean, that's kind of the way I live, and that's... Uh, Part of what I preach uh, a lot, and so people have heard me say that many, many times. And so, because um, people say, "Well, the, the commandments are this and this, and you shall not, you shall not." Why is it all so negative? Yeah, but that's not Jesus. So Jesus is saying, 
basis of everything. If you do this, you fulfill the whole law. Love the Lord your God with your heart and soul and mind and strength and love your neighbor as you love yourself. If you really do that, you're going to be fulfilled the law. So I kind of take that as what we're all about, what, what God's calling us to, all of us. Um, and so we need to look out for the needs of others around us and we need to be loving and we need to be looking for peace. We need to be taking care of people. We need to be looking for health, uh, health care for people. So all those things are very much a part of what I think my relationship with God is all about. Hey guys, we're back. Um, my name's Emmanuel. My name is Zipporah. And we're still your amazing hosts for today's show, Portraits of Little Village. Yay. You just heard, <laughs> you just heard um, Father Don Nevins, which, well, an interview with Father Don Nevins. Um, yeah, he was a priest. Truth truth speaker. Um, I, the only thing I think of when I hear his interview is the frustration that I had <laughs> when, when I had that interview. Not with him, but... You know, my my recorder was was acting a little funky that day. Like it decided to um, be bipolar, and my batteries ran out. So I was recording, and then I feel a vibration, and I look to my to my partner, and I'm like, "Oh my god, what do I do?" So yeah, all I could think about is the frustration. But I did think that it was a good idea to get like a religious, um. How would I say? Like a religious person? A religious figure. A religious figure. Thank you very much. Fuck heavy Larry book. Um, <laughs> a religious figure in our interviews. So yeah. to just to see his his view on the community. And I, um, I think that this is is kind of what Jonathan was kind yeah. of talking mm-hmm. about. Yeah, for sure. How like there's definitely a lot of violence and a lot of terrible things going on in the neighborhood. But like religion is like one thing religion like no matter what it is is one thing that you can definitely like bond together and unite as and maybe sometimes agree on um but yeah i definitely think that this was a really great interview and um again it was kind of a direct shot at like the community and the good things that he's doing yeah um now you're gonna listen to a local community band malafacha and the song is diferente My name is uh, Rick Weber. And I'm Hi, guys. Five. We're back. I'm a um, And hopefully you enjoyed that song. Um, now, since we're a big part of the community here in Little Village, um, we're going to say a quick story when we come back. So stay tuned. Rick Weber, and I'm... Hey, guys. We're back. <laughs> So, so um you are listening to WLPNLP Chicago 105.5 Lumpen Radio. 
broadcasting live from Studio Y here locally in Little Village. So I'm sorry, we're laughing about this this story that we're gonna tell you guys. So um since we're a big part of Little Village, we wanna tell you guys a funny story that happened to us recently. So um Zippy, would you like to tell the um, story? So this actually isn't a funny story. It's funny to Emmanuel, but it's actually still heartbreaking to me. Um, so the other day we were going down 26th Street to get tacos because, of course, we're in Little Village. And Girl, stop lying. Um, it's because of your birthday. Yeah, it was because of my birthday, too. But we were walking and we saw this cute, cute box of puppies that this dude had. And I held one and I fell in love with it, like fell completely and wholeheartedly in love with it. And I wanted to keep it, but I called my parents and they said no. So I guess it's funny now to Emmanuel, but it's, it's still kind of sad to me. Emmanuel, do you have a story? I do. So when I was younger, I was like probably nine, ten, and um, I was helping out my community church festival. And look at me, little religious Emmanuel. And then um, I was carrying lemons to, like, well, since we were help, it was like a food like a food festival more kind of thing like you sat there bought food sometimes there was bands or whatever or whatnot and i was going to wash some lemons and then coming back with them and then i tripped over like the cable that like you know the bouncy house is plugged yeah. into and it was like the busiest church of the whole day <laughs> so everybody was there and then i trip over the cable and the lemons go flying everywhere, no. like hitting people probably. And like, I, it was like this pair of white jeans I had and I ripped them and I see blood coming through my white <laughs> jeans. And then like, they're all dirty. So I'm like picking them up crying while everyone's watching me. <laughs> and then I like walk to the stand, drop it, like bang them on, on the table and like storm away. And then I start crying <laughs> and then I walk around the block like five times, like reevaluating my life choices, like to see, should I go back or should I? just like that is so should I, should I just go sad. hide <laughs> so if sad. you guys have any stories don't hesitate to just go to the chat room and just type them in we'll say it since it's you know appreciating little village day um next we have an interview with richard stay tuned for that uh yeah my name is uh rick weber and i'm 35 i'm a photographer uh, yeah, I'm freelance, so kind of, you know, whenever I get business, basically. Um, it's something that I've uh, always been interested in since I was a kid. I, I, I collected antique cameras um, from a young age. It's kind of like a weird hobby of mine. And um, I think a few years ago, I just decided to take a leap. I used to own a restaurant and just kind of got burned out on that. And I uh, decided I wanted to pursue something a little more creative. Uh, yeah, and I sort of. Uh, I had been in the restaurant industry for a long time, and I definitely uh, wanted to do my own thing. But after a while, you just you know, it's it's twenty four seven pretty much, so you get you get pretty exhausted. Uh, I'm in the middle of a project right now where I'm just trying to capture um, sort of like the vibe of Chicago, um, less focused on like landmarks and you know the bean and, and touristy stuff, and more about like our neighborhoods and like the real kind of like underbelly of Chicago, the real people that live here. Um, you know, people that, that don't know anything about Chicago or have never been here, uh, I want them to kind of see more of what it's like to live here, um, the communities, uh, and just how they're all different, like the patchwork of the city, the, the people that live here. Uh, so I just thought I'd, I'd come down to the village and take some shots and try and capture this, this community. Uh, quite, quite a bit. Um, I don't really know off the top of my head, but um, I've, been, I've been kind of all over the city. Um, 
I think, uh, I mean, I, I haven't lived in Chicago terribly long. I've only been here for a couple years, so I'm still, I kind of still feel like I'm in the process of getting to know the city. Um, but I definitely, I'm, I feel like every single day I see something new, I learn something new, I notice something new. Um, I think it's, it's a really vibrant city, and I think it's got um, just a lot of amazing culture, a lot of, like, enclaves. Uh, it's just, you know, I mean, you can go 10 blocks in any direction and be in a brand new, you know, city, brand new community with a totally different feel. So um, I guess that's kind of what I've noticed the most. Actually, you guys caught me just as I was getting started. So I, uh, I, I was just kind of making my way down 26th. I had read recently that 26th is the second most important commercial corridor in the city outside of Michigan Avenue. So I definitely wanted to come uh, check it out and see what made it tick. I also heard uh, Milagros is supposed to be killer, so I was hoping to get some lunch. <laughs> Hi, guys. We're back after <laughs> Rick Weber. Hopefully you enjoyed it. Um, he was a local photographer that we found near the Ark. I guess you could say like near the discount mall. Um, and he was just, I guess, talking about how he came to Little Village because he was given an assignment in his photography class. And, like, he didn't want to get, like, the basic stuffs, like, the basic stuff in Chicago, you know, like, the Bean, Willis Tower, stuff yeah. like that, basic stuff. Um, because we're not basic. Hashtag not basic. And, um, like, he came to Little Village, you know, to take pictures. He started near the Ark and was going down 26th Street. So I guess we didn't catch him. We catched him in the beginning at the end. He had his little baby in a red and uh in a black hot car uh-huh. on a hot summer day. So you know that baby's burnt. Um but you know, like it was I don't know, I feel like he um he didn't obviously he didn't like intentionally say on purpose, but I do like that he came to like a very like cultured community to like cat to take photos because obviously when people think of Chicago, they think of you know big the, buildings yeah like modern the city stuff. which is probably yeah. like 126th percent of um <laughs> of chicago and <laughs> like there's really. so many different co- i know my statistics and um like there's so so much like cultured communities that that like people could come look look at and it's like i i, I don't know i just like that he came over here to do that because that does say something about like how he knows his way around Chicago. Definitely, definitely. Like, I feel like um, Little Village is a really great place um, for photography. And especially since you were saying um, a lot of people, when they think of Chicago, they think of downtown, the city, big buildings, shiny things. But there's actually a lot more than that. And Little Village is actually a really great place to go because I feel like when I think of Little Village, like the first word that comes to mind is like lively. Yeah. It's so lively, especially when you go down 26th Street and there's so many things that you can capture and it's just a really, really great place to be. I feel like I heard some like something somewhere where it was like 26th Street is like the second or the third like or something like that. It's like one of the like main, I guess you'd say like business streets in yeah. Chicago. Like uh, the most Second. populated and like has just like the most business and culture, I guess yeah. you'd say. And um, you know, that kind of reminds me of like this meme I saw once, and it was like <laughs> it was like um, everybody shared this so that the tourists could look at this who don't who don't live in Chicago. And it was like a it was like it said the location was Southside Southside Chicago, and then it had like a picture of the Bahamas, and it said <laughs> come visit Southside Chicago, and I it just made me laugh. But little fun fact, um, little village. P- population is an estimated like 79 
79,288 people and 82, 82.6% of its population is Hispanic. Yeah. Just a little fun fact. Well, that is a fun fact. Um, that's actually really great again. <laughs> so um, next, our next interview is with Victor. Stay tuned for that. Es Victor García y tengo 40 años. Soy originario de Cuernavaca, Morelos y llegué a esta ciudad eh, a partir del 2002. Empecé a, a, con el negocio de vender nieves eh, helado en un carrito ambulante por las calles de aquí del barrio, de la 26, junto con mis papás y mi familia, fue como iniciamos. Y con el paso de los años fuimos este, entrando en el gusto de la gente. Eh, después de vender en carritos ambulantes pasamos a hace cinco años a tener este, este establecimiento. Y en, en este tiempo ha sido una, hay una muy buena historia eh, que contar. Somos personas como muchos emigrantes que, que empezamos de cero y hoy en día estamos aquí. Y ayer me preguntaba otro chico también, eh, haciéndome una pregunta, ¿no? Eh, ¿Qué es lo que hacemos en este negocio? Pues en realidad yo creo que lo más importante de este negocio de venta de helados eh, es crear una, un momento de satisfacción para los clientes, ¿no? Que pueden venir con un problema, tristes, enojados y el hecho de consumir un, un helado, dar simplemente una, una prueba de helado es sacarle una sonrisa, ¿no? Eso es lo más importante, yo creo que la labor que hacemos aquí y me siento muy contento porque he conocido mucha gente de la cual yo he aprendido mucho, muchas experiencias de, desde un niño hasta un, un adulto, ¿no? Entonces, eh, todo eso pues yo lo tengo en mi corazón y en mi mente de, de, de lo cual yo he, me he ido también formando, ¿no? He aprendido muchas enseñanzas y al final de, de todo el trabajo que se hace día a día es precisamente la satisfacción de los clientes. Eh, pues una historia como muchos eh, mexicanos tenemos, yo llegué por cuestiones este, personales de México con la problemática que se vive de inseguridad. Eh, yo estaba, yo estudié la universidad allá en, en Cuernavaca, la ejercí, pero por motivos de seguridad tengo que venir, venirme y es como mi mamá y mi papá me invitan a iniciar este negocio de vender nieve y es así como empezamos, de, de un carrito y fuimos con un carrito más, un tercero y hoy en día aquí. Yo en lo personal veo que le dimos un, un cambio de unos cinco años a, a la fecha, un buen cambio al barrio, un, una mejor imagen, eh, gente que está trabajando, hay muchos jóvenes como tú, eh, otros eh, que es gente profesionista, eh, se le da, se, yo creo que ese cambio o la imagen que tienen otras personas, personas acerca del barrio ha ido cambiando paso a paso, ¿no? Yo sí veo una mejora eh, muy grande este, y nosotros ser parte de ese cambio aquí en el barrio eh, es muy este, gratificante. 
yo creo que tal vez estuviera de nuevo en mi ciudad, en Cuernavaca. Este, me gusta y amo mi, mi ciudad. Y este, pero aquí he pasado buenos años de mi vida donde me ha dejado mucho y he aprendido mucho, ¿no? Lo cual le, también le tengo un gran cariño, un gran amor al barrio y a la gente en general. Pero tal vez estuviera haciendo otra cosa, no sé si vendiendo helados, pero es en Hay, en una sola palabra, yo creo que hay una, este, hemos, hemos puesto mucha, mucho amor, ¿no? Mucho amor en, 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 el, en los productos que se hacen y cuando los vendemos o los damos, pues lo que reflejamos en ese amor es que la gente se sienta contento al menos por ese momento. ¿no? El negocio se llama Azúcar, es un, un, este, un establecimiento de helado y estamos ubicados en el 3417 de, al West de la 27 de Street. Hey guys, we're back. Don't forget that you're listening to WLPN Chicago 105.5 FM Lumpin Radio, currently broadcasting live from Studio Y, Yolo Kali, in Little Village. My name is Emanuel. My name is Zephora. And we're back here, your favorite here? host. On yes. the portraits of Little Village, your you just <laughs> you just heard um, an interview with Victor Garcia, and he's the owner of a local community paletería, I guess you could say. Um, that's called Azúcar. I've been there many times. We've been there many times. That's where so we many spend memories. All our money. All my this allowance summer. goes there. So they have some good business. Um, yeah, definitely. So um, shout out to Brian because he said he's been to Cuernavaca, which is where this guy's from. So yeah. Um, that was his interview. What did he think about it? Um, well, can you like talk about it a little bit first? Yeah, he was talking about well where he's from, how he started his business, how his brother um owned like some sort of I guess, you know, like the ice cream carts. And then he started with that business and then slowly became an ice cream shop. It kind of reminds me of Drake's song, started from the bottom, now we're here. Oh, yeah. Because when you look at the store, like, I love going there. It looks so nice. Just, like, they have couches, a TV. Um, it's, like, well lit. And it's just, like, a really comfortable place to be. And it just, like, looks, like, really, really nice. So you went from, like, having, like, a cart, like, just, like, a, you know, yeah. somewhere. And then, like going from that to there yeah that yeah. it's also kind of like that story have you heard that story of like um who has it of that like old guy that like was on that owned like a little ice cream cart and he, and he was here in little village and then he got like a whole bunch of yes. money and he became like super famous yeah off of that i remember seeing that on snapchat <laughs> and i was like oh my god look and the craziest thing y'all not gonna believe me but like not even like a month or two ago i bought ice cream from that same guy i remember buying it <laughs> yeah. and then everyone called me crazy i was like i'm to a certain extent i'm not crazy <laughs> but anyways um that was his interview and speaking of you know food and ice cream and delicious flavors um we're gonna go into our next interview with giselle who own who did she doesn't own but she works at um a local paleteria Um, my name is Giselle. I live in Cicero currently, and then I work at Pancho's. I'm a high school student, and I'm going into my senior year. The boss is like a family friend, and I love working with her. She's really friendly and really nice. 
My coworkers are really nice. It's a really nice environment to work with. All the fruit that they use for the paletas is so good. The paletas are so delicious. They've been open for almost 40 years. Over 40 years and a lot of people enjoy the paletas from here. I wouldn't be sure about the process. I know there's a lot of like waiting for it to freeze. They freeze really fast. And the guys are like having fun back there making them. They enjoy it sometimes because they're like, oh, it's so good tasting how they make it and stuff like that. How school's been great. It's been, I mean, it's been hard. Freshman year was hard, but now that I got used to high school, I mean, it's been good. And I think senior year is gonna go a little bit easier for me. And I hopefully I can get into a good college. But my schedule has been easier. Like they work with your schedule back and forth. So they help you out at school. If you need a day off, like let's say finals are coming up or anything like that and you can't come in, somebody pitches in to work for you. So it works good for you. That like helps you with your schedule and helps you maintain school up and stuff like that, yeah, that's really good. Because I know that working here still helps me keep my grade up. Because if I need, if I can't come in, I know my coworker, somebody will cover for me. I know she can be there. Um, I say because of like, the Mexican heritage, the fruits that come out of it, like for the paletas, a lot of people love it. And I have people come in and they're like, this reminds me of like my hometown back in Mexico or here or there. They're that they've never seen a paleta made out of that. And they just love it. It's just the fruit. So it's like in the little village community, they love how it tastes. Yeah, I think it completely changes it. Like I don't even think about the violence. I know a lot of people think it's really bad, but I don't even think about it. Like I love working here and I love the people that come in here. They enjoy the paletas a lot. And I love seeing the little kids smile. And they're like, oh, it's so good. Even though they don't want to try it because it's a weird flavor they've never heard of. In the end, they love it. <laughs> my home, I guess. Like I'm not part of here, but it feels like home. It feels like my home or like any Latino. Hey guys, we're back. Um, and that was Giselle. She, I think she talked well about how you should like balance, like yeah, education. Yeah. Um, she worked at a palata place, right? Yeah. So yeah, what do you think about that? Um. Yeah. So <laughs> I think that it's really great because she was she was working there to pay for education, wasn't she? I. I don't know. I think she was just working on the side. I think she, I don't know, was she like a junior, senior? Uh, she was somewhere in, I think, high school high going school. to college. So, yeah, I it does set a good example. Not to like, you know, work at a, like, a, like not a, like, work at, I guess you could say like a restaurant for the rest of your life. Not that that's bad, but no. like, you should always like but I try think to. She was responsible. Yeah, you should always like have higher hopes higher dreams yeah dream for like something big and that was probably leading to her yeah dreams so speaking of education we have our next interview with denny who was uh, a mystery person who did very it. mysterious yeah who talks about education so just listen to that listen to his preaching um could we ask why you're here like about to take the bus yeah i'm about to uh hop on the l train and uh where are you gonna go well, that's a good downtown. To where? Downtown. I'm a student. Oh, where where do you study? Uh, lots of different places. Uh, lots of different topics. Could you mention a few of them? Uh, liberal arts. Um, science, history, mathematics. And why why are you why are you studying Music. right now? Well, because uh, you're never too old to learn. Oh well, could I ask your name and your age? Uh, my name's uh, Denny, and I'm uh, 53. So, what would you tell someone that's aging and wants to go back to school? 
You're never too old to learn. Because uh, the more knowledge and wisdom you have, the more education you have, the more you can help yourself and other people. How do you think that could help the community? Uh, to make it a better community, improvise, modernize, and uh, to upgrade, update all different types of equipment, machinery, and people. So, um, in this community, what do you think is one of the biggest problems that we're faced with? Uh, right now, people paying their taxes. They don't want to pay taxes no more because the, uh, the the job market's really bad. And it's they shouldn't be. They shouldn't say property tax. What the word is is sanitation and water. You know what I mean? So I mean, they miss. They miss. Uh, they they don't. The city doesn't come across it with the right way and say, look, we got to you know tax you for your sanitation and water. So why pay tax on a property you already paid for? Yeah. They sound stupid. They sound illiterate. Well, what they should be telling you is we need to take money for sanitation and water. Okay, thanks, guys. You got to run. Thank you. you. Take care. So as we were talking about why he's so mysterious, um, well, I think you heard he kind of dodged a lot of our questions. Yeah. Where are you going? Many places. <laughs> to study what? Many different things. <laughs> Like, he didn't give us a direct um, answer. I think that while you're interviewing him, like, I wanted to laugh so hard. I did. Just because, like, I wanted to be, like... And then the train made like, it so much funnier. Okay, he's like, tell us where you're going. Yeah. But, of course, like, some people aren't going to be open because we are strangers. Yeah. Yeah. You have to respect but, that. But um, I think that... And I kind of did feel like he was lying about what he was doing. But <laughs> I, I, I liked I liked the purpose of his lie, I guess you could say. He sent he sent a great message with his lie. Why do you think that he was lying? Why why would somebody lie about getting an education? Right. Like why would you dodge the question That's about, what I'm um, asking about going? You. Why, why would he lie about getting an education? No, no. I, I'm saying why would he dodge questions about getting an education? Maybe he's just a private person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But um yeah, I think that while like we didn't get a whole bunch of information from him, um, the message was like really, really great, which is you're never too old to go back to school. Follow your dreams because it's never, never, never too late. Yeah. yeah and he was pretty old. So I guess like take it from him because he's going he out was, there. He was mid aged. He was mid aged. Mid aged. He was he was like fifty something, like maybe 60. That's near the middle of his life. I think like a normal lifetime is like a hundred years. If he's 60, then that's 120 years. What? If he's 60, then the, then his life would be 120 years because half of 120 is 60. No, but I... Girl, I'm going to talk to you in math class. Anyways, um, hopefully you enjoyed um, Denny's. Now we're going to go on to our next interview by Carlos Tate. My name is Carlos, Carlos Tate, C-A-R-L-O-S-T-A-T-E. I'm 44 years old. Uh, I work for United Enterprise, which is a uh, minority contractor, which is uh, in, well, it's in Brookfield, Illinois. It's in Brookfield, Illinois. Uh, the reason we're here on what is this, 28th and Blondell is because we're putting uh, cat basements in it for the city of Chicago. 
we're putting cat basements in. We take we're putting cat basements in. What so, exactly are those? Okay, the cat basement is like when the water the the from the water from the streets where it drains drains in. So it, it Union car to make this machine. Okay. I got a union car, but it's not for machinery, this type of machine right here. Yeah. Hey guys, we're back. Um, hopefully you enjoyed that little interview about Carlos Tate. Um yeah. I think he um doesn't think people know how to spell his name. But um <laughs> but he Shade. was a local no shit is being thrown. It's really sunny in here. Um he was a local construction worker talking um uh, who knows what because i was very confused i don't know anything about like being a construction like anything that they do yeah same but he he seemed like a like he was doing his job it kind of yeah. reminds me of my dad because he likes to s talk about like his work and everything and i'm just like yeah oh yeah cool i uh did three plus two today <laughs> and i'm like i don't know what you're talking about but it's cool um but yeah carlos tate um so our next thing is we're going to play a song. Oh wait, but before that, we're gonna say the uh, we we discovered. Oh the yeah, the the average lifespan is like seventy two years. So you are very very <laughs> off track. I it's have another statistic that what's up is actually three point two percent better than like the rest of the radio because That's, it's so informative. Yeah. That is so that amazing. We can agree on yeah. But yeah. um, we're gonna take a quick song break and BRB with y'all. Hello guys, we're back. Don't forget that you are listening to What's Up on WLPN LP Chicago, 105.5 FM Lumpin Radio, currently broadcasting live from Studio Y, Yolo Kali, and Little Village. My name is Emanuel. My name is Zipporah. And we're still your amazing host. Your favorite host. For today's <laughs> show, Portraits of Little Village. Um, just a little um, background that you're listening to Portraits of Little Village. You've been listening for the past hour and a half. Yay. All about the different people here in our community. Amazing. Different. Excellent. Great. Fantastic. Fantabulous. Okay. Um, <laughs> so now we're going to move on to our next interview who was M Miguel Gutierrez and Emilio who were tailors. Tengo 63 años. Mi nombre es Miguel Gutiérrez. ¿Y por cuántos años estuvo haciendo esto? Estoy trabajando desde que tenía yo 12 años o 13 años en esto. ¿Y desde niño qué te llamó a hacer este trabajo? Nada, la necesidad del hambre. Ah. Y la obligación porque mi jefa no quería que yo anduviera de vago y me mandó con un hermano mayor a que me enseñara. Y aprendí, a los 13 años ya hacía yo pantalones. 
Me hago los pantalones. Las camisas las compro. Pues no me acuerdo, me la regaló mi hermano, era un retazo. Pero ya después me gustaba utilizar el Avantram allá en México, o el Soria. He tenido múltiples trabajos, mesero, policía, de todo, y este es el que más me ha gustado. Pues dentro de lo bueno no es tanto lo bueno, sino que es, para mí es una pasión, es lo que más me ha gustado hacer, trabajar en esto. Como le digo, fui tornero, fui operador de maquinaria pesada, trabajé en constructoras, pero me gustó más esto. La libertad de, de crear cosas yo mismo, de hacerlo yo mismo. Yo solamente recibí órdenes cuando trabajaba yo en otros lados. Y la sigo recibiendo como el señor que necesita el trabajo, pero ya es a criterio mío hacerlo bien hecho. Uh -huh. O sea, es mi pasión, es mi trabajo. Me gusta mi trabajo. ¿Le recomendaría a alguien eh, la sastrería? Por supuesto que sí. Pero ya casi no hay gente. Este trabajo es muy matado. Es una esclavitud. Para ganar un poco hay que trabajar todo el día. Y ahora las personas de hoy quieren ganar mucho y no hacer nada. Mi opinión, porque yo he tenido la experiencia de tratar de buscar personal y no encuentro. Cuando llegan, pues creen saber más que uno y hacen lo que quieren. ¿En qué país estaba cuando usted comenzó su sastrería? ¿Empezó aquí en Estados Unidos? No, en el DF. En el, en, ahí con la raza... ¿Cómo le llaman? La raza mañosa. Quiero pensar que eso fue en los 70. Mándele. ¿Sí? Sí, claro. Dígame cómo ha cambiado el estilo de la moda desde los 70 hasta ahora. Pues fíjate que viene siendo lo mismo. Varía por temporadas y por temporadas vuelve a regresar. Todo es lo mismo. Lo único que cambia son las gentes. Pues tantas gentes que han pasado por mi vida, pues. Personas que me han enseñado, como el Señor. También es una experiencia muy bonita, porque yo llegué aquí a, hace 20 años. Y el Señor me acabó de abrir un poquito más. Inconscientemente yo trabajé con Él, pero me enseñó otros trucos, otras cosas propias de aquí. Para poder desarrollarme mejor aquí. Te los tengo a las 4 a las 5. Sí, está bien. ¿Tu nombre cuál es? Felipe Cruz. Felipe. Ya vas. Ok, gracias. Vale. Para vale. no quitarte tu tiempo, Felipe. Vale, gracias. En primera, allá en México yo este, trabajaba en la colonia Polanco. Y estaba en medio de las embajadas. De allá de la libanesa, la italiana francesa, la americana y yo le hacía mucha ropa yo no sé si eran los cónsules o embajadores pero recuerdo a los locutores de allá recuerdo a Juan Dosal, a Amador Narcia a Guillermo Ortega Ruiz yo les hacía ropa a ellos a los polivoces también les llegué a hacer ropa Trabajando yo en otras astrerías, porque yo era operario, yo no era el dueño. Pero tenía la capacidad de hacerles la ropa a esas gentes. Los patrones decían que lo haga Miguel, y yo lo hacía. O sea, hay nostalgia, hay mucha, mucha carrera. A este Junior, 
a este otro Tonino, son músicos españoles de aquel tiempo, creo que Junior era el esposo de esta Rocío Durca, a ellos les hice ropa también, a este otro cantante Manuel también le llegué a hacer, fueron varios, pero de aquel tiempo como decías tú en los 70 aproximadamente, y sigo, aquí pues aquí han sido pocos, Hace rato vino un, un personaje que me ha regalado películas de él mismo. No sé bien su nombre, solo le digo Simón. Simón, porque él dice, my name is Simon. Ok, pues Simón, el gran varón, le digo yo, ese no, no. <risa> y me ha regalado películas donde él es detective. Es un moreno, pero buenas gentes. También le he hecho, no sé si conozcan a David Miranda. También. Le he hecho ropa y he tenido muchas satisfacciones porque son gente que para mí son importantes todos. Pero casi todo el trabajo que hago se ponen muy felices. Les gusta el, cómo se ve la, lo que se mandan a hacer. Y sí han sido muchas satisfacciones las que he tenido yo. Por el arte, por el amor que le tengo yo a mi trabajo, la pasión, la dedicación. Welcome back, guys. Remember, you are listening to WLPN LP Chicago 105.5 FM Lumpen Radio, broadcasting live from Studio Y, Yolo Cali, in, in Little, Little Village. Village. In Little Village. Little Village. La vida chiquita. <laughs> um, so, you just listened to an interview of Miguel, Miguel and um, Emilio. Um, so, <laughs> they, were Emilio. Both, <laughs> they were both tailors. Um, I forgot which street, but they were both tailors working together. It was it was really Sir, cute because it what Cermak twenty sixth street. I don't know. It was definitely not twenty sixth street. Um, no, it, yeah, it wasn't twenty sixth street. Oops. It was like that. Y'all gonna be getting. I'm gonna get so much backlash for not knowing my streets. But um, it was like it was kind of nice. It was so sweet because it was like two little old men working yeah. in a little tailor shop. Everything looked like khaki colored and and timid and like. I mean, when I yeah. see when I see old like when I see old people, it makes me just like so it's happy. Like it ta- and it I took cry. him three thousand walks just to get from the ironing board to the yes. cutting board. And especially and like since his like, little back has like a little tiny yeah. like yeah. And <laughs> especially with scissors. it's like they're old men best friends. Yeah, that was so cute. And then his scissors were like you you can imagine them. They were like really big like yeah. line scissors, but they were like brown and rusty, like. Yeah. They have so much history in them. Honestly, yeah. though, like, just, like, being there, it kind of felt like he was going to tell us, like, his whole life story. Yeah, he and, like, yeah. He talked about Honestly. how he, like, was, like, a tailor for, like, some celebrities and stuff. And how this, like, guy would come around with, I think, like, a movie, like, or, like, a disc or something like that. And he'd be, like, yeah, cool. And, like, he didn't know who they were. <laughs> but, like, yeah, it was just so sweet to hear. Yeah, it actually... It, was really really sweet to me and cute do you know any like um like stores or supermarkets or something where there's like a little old people that run the run the shop my grandmother has a old has like a little store a little shack it's a little shack no it's just like a little a, shack looking for a little snack it's kind of like the lady that um that we interviewed maria yeah. how she had like a little story yeah it's kind of like that except it's my grandmother it's in nigeria too so it's not oh, like that's here cool. yeah but it's, it's whatever. I'd it's like cool. to see a little, a little, a little old lady owning like a record store, 
like with oh. like the walls full of like yes. records and vinyls and stuff. That'd be That'd so That'd be like cute. Stephanie. She'd be like a little old oh, lady. That would be Stephanie. Shout and out to she, Stephanie. Shout out to Steph, our producer. Um, nah, our our teacher, more like um, our our uh, our dictator. Um, and she'd like <laughs> no, be, like, that's not Charlie Stephanie's would the best. spin her, and they'd be listening to records, grooving. So beautiful, so and cute. then she and then Hanan would pop out of nowhere. Y'all gotta turn my music up. Yeah, that would be so sweet. But um, okay. anyways, we're gonna listen to our next interview, who is Guadalupe Perez, and he owned a little raspado cart or like a little like ice. What do you call them? Ice um, cones or whatever cone? snow cones, but they're called raspados on Twenty Sixth Street. Raspados de frutas naturales and el lupio. tenía un carrito y dice no pues él sabe hacerlo dice sabes que vete a vender mejor te da que vendas lo tuyo no vende lo de otra persona llevamos aquí vendiendo aquí 18 años 18 años vendiendo sí. y este que sabemos hacerlos más o menos esa 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 fecha 18 años sí. pues mire no es que me guste Nosotros necesitamos ver que ganemos dinero, aunque no nos guste el trabajo. ¿Eh? El chiste es que salga para vivir. ¿Eh? ¿Eh? Porque, por ejemplo, si nos va a gustar un trabajo y no saquemos lo que tenemos que sacar, no es el chiste. Hay personas que dicen, me gusta, va. Pero no es que... Pero no venden lo que debe de ser y nosotros aunque no nos guste pero si vemos que está produciendo tenemos que echarle ganas que echarle ganas en todo ese es el detalle sí. pues si sí. me dijo te voy a dar el carrito te voy a enseñar como hagas los sabores y quieres mejor dedicarte Ok, está muy bien. Aquí en este lugar nos corría la policía, regresábamos otra vez y nos echaba la policía a una unión que había, que nunca ha estado registrado, nunca ha hecho nada de esa unión. Entonces nos corría, nos íbamos y ahí nos paraba la gente a cuántos metros y nos volvíamos a regresar hasta que ya por fin nos dejaron. Pedimos permiso con el dueño de la tienda. Él también vino y sabe que yo no quiero muchos vendedores. <risa> Hablamos personalmente con él, hicimos ver las cosas. Nosotros no perjudicamos a nadie, al contrario, vamos a hacerle gasto. Gente que nos va a comprar a nosotros viene aquí de una vez y lleva sus cositas. Entonces, como ven, le digo, nosotros necesitamos trabajar, necesitamos que usted nos deje. 
Porque si el dueño de la tienda no quiere que estemos aquí, no nos deja. Él habla a la policía, ¿sabe qué? Quiero que lo quiten en mi local. Nos quita. Entonces, ya hablamos con él y hasta la fecha. Él viene, me saluda, el señor es muy amable. ¿Qué pasó, señor? ¿Cómo le ha ido? Muy bien. Ok, échele ganas. No es de las personas que digan, no, pues, ¿sabes qué? Eh, principalmente, como se puso la nevería ahí de los mangos, eso nos echaba la policía. Pero hablé con el dueño y dijo, no están enfrente de su local. Si estuvieran enfrente de su local, si quieren decirles algo, que vengan y que me digan a mí. ¿Corre? Y como vieron que llamaron a la policía, la policía no nos movió, porque ellos decían que estábamos enfrente de su local. No lo podemos quitar porque no están enfrente de su local. Ok, entonces nos dejaron. No, que la gente que me conoce y todo, y la gente que compra, pues yo a mi parecer puedo decir que están muy sabrosos, ¿verdad? La gente es la que debe dar la opinión. Así serían los mejores de aquí, de, los mejores de Chicago. Pues ya teniendo práctica, pues tengo cinco puestos, en dos horas hago todo. Pongo en cada carro, veo lo que le falta a uno, lo que le falta a otro y, y tengo una persona que me ayuda. Una, el rompope con vainilla es el que se vende, 100%. Pues de rompope vendo dos o tres frascos al día, pero cuando está bueno vendo tres, cuatro. Sábado, domingo, cuatro, cinco, cuatro, cinco. Yo, más aparte de mis vendedores. Pues, mire, no tengo la cuenta de vasos, pero al día vengo vendiendo diario, entre semana, arriba de 400 dólares. Yo, yo arriba de 400. Y sí, pero pues, de todas maneras, mientras se pueda, pues, tenemos que luchar mientras pueda, porque ya, en un tiempo ya, ¿no? Sí. Bueno, yo siempre estoy aquí en el... 26 Central Park. Eh, pues, eh, mis carros siempre están rotulados a Hey guys, we're back. Don't forget you're listening to WLPN, LP Chicago, 105.5 FM, Lumpen Radio, currently broadcasting live from Studio Y, Yolo Kali, in Little Village. Um, you're listening so, to Parts of Little Village, and that was just an <laughs> interview with Guadalupe Perez, who was a local raspado seller cart person so um first of all guys we want to actually apologize to you guys because we told you false information the person with the cart with, with the brother with the car actually wasn't victor one of the previous interviewees it was this person or maybe it was both of them maybe they both had brothers <laughs> maybe Guadalupe is victor's brother no. oh my god that is so deep that is so deep y'all I don't think that that's the case. I think that you <laughs> think that you just made a mistake. Y'all, y'all, my, my brain is going crazy with all these interviews. But he was talking about, like, the story of him with the, when he was making Raspados. And his story yeah. actually reminded me a lot of the tailors that we recently heard. Because they were talking about, they both talked about how, like, at the end of the day, you might not like your job, but you, like, you still have to make a living. And, like, I guess here in the community, I feel like there's a lot of people that have that kind of mindset that's, like, yeah. I might not like my job, 
but like at the end of the day i still need to put like food on food on the plates for my like for me or for my kids and stuff and like have to just like push through it to work which is actually really great like just like hearing that yeah. like, warms my heart but i i kind of feel 50 50 like it feels it, it feels nice to like know that that's your mind of thought but, but also, it's actually kind of sad like it also too. also remind go, brings back denny the um mysterious unknown guy who talks about how you should like always try to get an education and always like but go. you know you know what else it reminds me of um so this is what? an interview that we actually didn't feature on the show but we had this interview with a guy named dave oh dave. <laughs> his interview was really funny like if y'all want to hear y'all gotta y'all gotta go on soundcloud but um but he was basically saying that um he so- wanted to be a businessman you know like in a tux with with um a uh, a briefcase, briefcase. briefcase like going door to door or whatever you know one of those guys and he he ended up being um like he worked at the cta i guess just like yeah uh, just like the management of like the facility i guess you could say or like yeah, he just he stood there the, like he was security. the person that like stood there like while you go in and like tap on the train um and i remember like he was saying that like he wanted to you know go and fulfill like some other things but you know he had a daughter and you know life kind of happened and he didn't have the opportunity to do that and i kind of wish that denny and dave would just meet up because i asked dave and so the craziest thing denny stood outside of the train station dave was yes (laughs) this is crazy crazy conspiracy theories y'all conspiracy theories this is no yeah that's the wrong thing no but the connection everything was so crazy because it's like this is a small community they could have helped each other so so much and they were so close to each other but like it just didn't happen and i actually didn't even like realize it until now that like no i realized it maybe maybe if um maybe if this dude um with going to get an education talked to the other guy like it would have changed his like um, his mindset because I asked him if he would consider going back to school and just like fulfilling his dreams and he was like no it's kind of like too late now I have to take care of my daughter I have stuff to do like it's kind of too late and I was like no no yeah please just like don't think like that but I guess like it is what it is at the end of the day yeah really sad um, so now we're going to go on to, sadly, our last interview, Aww. but it's not our last that we've done because yeah. you can go on SoundCloud and look up all of our interviews. Hey, it's like an hour long, just like binge it. So while you're working, you know, go on SoundCloud. Yeah. If you're, if you're a morning runner and you like to run around the community, then you can, you can definitely go on SoundCloud. <laughs> Hashtag Stephanie it. runs. Um, so now we're going to go on to our last interview, E. Martha. Hopefully you enjoy Bird Lady. Nosotros estamos, hemos estado en negocio desde 1985. Este, es un negocio familiar. Este, es, um, es un negocio. Ahora, por ejemplo, empezamos con papá, pero también tenemos un negocio, por ejemplo, ahora en el supermall de la Pulaski, que le pertenece a mi hermano ahora. Y tenemos ahorita uno en el Five Star Mall, allá en Villapark, y que le pertenece ahora a mi hermana. Muy pronto se abrió la Valle Sin Market otra vez y este es un negocio de hermana también. Solo va a ganar para allá. Es, 
Eh, empezó todo con mi papá, no sé. Miró que pues le iba a bien a un amigo de él y él quiso también su propio negocio, su propio negocio y empezamos de ahí trabajando sin marcos. Empezamos pero en, en las marcos y seguimos agarramos la primer tienda ya por la Aslan y la 51. Sí, teníamos, empezamos rentando una casa para nosotros, pero la casa tenía un negocio. Y como empezamos en la free market, pues de ahí nos agarramos entre free market y negocio entre semana. Y de ahí ya nos fuimos pasando así como teníamos que la 47 la, um, por la Wood. Eh, tuvo un tiempo que estuvimos allá por la 18 con una hermana que abrió un negocio, pero luego lo cerró porque no tenía tiempo. Y anduvimos por la Archer. Y aquí, te, aquí tenemos más de 20 años en el disco móvil en esto. La diferencia como, como clientes o pues no hay mucha diferencia. Ha habido más gente, más demanda de pájaros últimamente. Um, pero en realidad casi que siempre lo mismo, los mismos clientes. Tenemos clientes de muchísimos años atrás, los que nos conocen desde que empezamos. Y pues hemos hecho en el proceso más clientes que nos conocen, por ejemplo, nos vienen a buscar de la Valle y Marte porque como el edificio, el Marte se quemó, entonces nos vienen a buscar hasta acá, o nos van a buscar al Supermall o a, a la Python Mall, porque cada, cada negocio tiene su, por ejemplo, su dueño, aquí mi papá, en el, la Valle y Marte es mi hermana, en el Supermall es mi hermano, entonces cada quien tiene sus propios clientes, cuando no está uno, nos lo mandan para acá. Y de Little Village, ¿qué nos podrías decir? ¿Tú vives en Little Village o solamente Llevé trabajas? Llevé un tiempo, hace años atrás. Ahorita estoy viviendo más bien en Byron Park. Okay. Allá vivo yo ahora. Pero sí viví muchos años atrás, como para mediados de los 80, viví aquí eh, por la Toro y la 31. ¿Y cómo fue tu experiencia de, de la comunidad de Little Village? Oh, pues, no, no tengo mala experiencia, me imagino que pues, si te portas bien no, no te pasa nada, no pues, depende con quién te metas, yo no sé, a mí, a mí me fue bien, yo trabajo aquí y ando por acá, conozco gente de aquí y uh, yo no tengo problemas aquí. Muy, muchísimas gracias. ¿Te podría sacar un retrato con tu periquito de aquí? Como lo tenías hace rato. Oh, that one, that one's really Ahorita, por ejemplo, ella le va a enseñar a la señora, porque ya lo va a comprar ahorita, cómo darle de comer. Ya este... <risa> ya está enseñándolo a ella, ella para que ella le dé sola. Entonces, este... Más rápido se amansan. Y se acostumbra más a ti. Y así, no andas comprando uno grande que ya es adulto, que vas a batallar más en amansarlo. Esto es más rápido. Igual, adultos como jóvenes, 200 dólares. Pero el que convenía más, tú no Sí. Y eh, ya empiezan a morder, ¿no? Pero porque. Pues, pero porque hay que lidiar con ellos de diario. Agarrarlos, como por ejemplo, unos 15, 20 minutos diarios. La que le da de comer la muchacha de este lado. Ella les da de comer a ellos. ¿Y te lo puedes poner aquí? ¿Sí se queda? Sí. Sí, se me queda ahí. 
Hey guys, we're back. Don't forget that you are listening to WLPN LP Chicago 105.5 FM Lumpin Radio, currently broadcasting live from Studio Y, Yolo Kali in Little Village. My name is Emmanuel. My name is Zipporah. And you know what we're going to say? We're still your amazing host. Your amazing host for today's show, Portraits of Little Village. Yeah. Sadly, it's almost up. Quick recap on everything that we talked about today. We had a special guest who was a drummer of a band here in our local community of Little Village. We had so many amazing interviews of different types of people that there are here in our community. Workers, buyers, sellers, um, normal civilians here in America. You know, like so many people. So, yeah, it was really nice. And I think that um, what we did was actually very, very important because... Everyone in the community has a voice. Everyone has a story. People matter. And I matter. think that so many times we can just walk past people that have so much to say, but no one really gives them the opportunity to say it. And I think that we gave people a voice doing this. And when when sh- when ro- showing all of these interviews, um, I feel like, well, when making all these interviews, um, you could say what you learned, but I feel like I've learned that it's 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 not too late to do something that matters um like for example um there was quite a few people that were talking about how like some of their some of their jobs didn't reach their full potential because you know things drag them down which are life but like a wise person once told me don't let things be a burden in your life like you could still travel you can still make moolah you can still be the best you can be I and like that? have a life no honey not you um <laughs> yeah um but like yeah there's so much like different types of people in the community and i think it's good to just like yeah uh know that but sadly it's our time to go um remember that you can just um go on soundcloud yolo kali and listen to all of these the collaborators who are aurora bautista emmanuel ramirez jacqueline Delago, um, <laughs> Jose Ramirez and Zipporah Alta. Me. I don't the like instructors her. were Diego and Stephanie, and the art illustration was done by Yahira. Yeah, Yahira and Sarita. Thank you guys so much for listening, and remember that the show was bomb. So bomb. We're still your amazing favorite amazing host. And this was a two-hour special portraits of Little Village. See y'all later. Bye. Hello. It's me. I haven't heard from you in a while. I hope it's because you're listening and enjoying our amazing, outstanding, terrific, wonderful, inspiring, delightful, funny, breathtaking, amazing, astonishing, highly amazing production. If not, you should listen to our radio show, What's Up, again. In the meantime, we'll be working on the next one here in Lumpin' Radio. So stay tuned to our next amazing, outstanding, terrific, wonderful, inspiring, delightful, funny, breathtaking, astonishing, highly amazing broadcast. I hope that you are informed about the awesome parts of life and that you will have a splendid day. 
Don't forget to listen to us on SoundCloud at Yolokali, on social media like Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or Tumblr at Yolokali, or visit at yolokaliartsreach.org for more. We are the robots. We are the robots.